Welcome to episode nine of the Golden Balls podcast. I am your host, Jared Rebeck. And today we're going to take the first look into what uh, Stroh and I talked about in the last couple of podcasts about a subjective ranking. Now, we're still going to go back and record the other episodes about uh, you know the data that we have mined. That's not going anywhere. But in the meantime, we're also going to put out uh, this look at the subjective analysis. And what this podcast episode is going to accomplish is I'm going to explain kind of what I am doing, kind of the procedure I am looking at. And I'm also going to go over the first three tournaments that we did. Now, I'm going to do this solo because there is like no drama whatsoever. There's no massively huge incident that swayed everything or anything like that. And then starting with the 2014 World Cup, we start having a lot of these tournaments where like the results may have been impacted. And when we do that, we will have guests on the show to talk about maybe their uh, their teams or their players that were injured, maybe a little banter back and forth about how that mattered. As I said, for these first three tournaments, there were very few events, very few points that were really, uh, you know, at risk and a very good chance that really nothing has changed. So before I I go down that road, let me tell you kind of what I am trying to do here. Now, the main thing I am looking at with this subjective analysis are injuries. Guys missing two games, three games, four games, guys getting hurt before the tournament, missing entire tournaments. Red cards, the own goals, stuff like that. We will look at those a little bit, but those are a lot easier to analyze. Like we know how many points an own goal was and it costs you six points and we move on with our life. It's when we get to these injuries and these multi-game missing that we really have to like delve a little bit deeper. Now, when when the red cards and the own goals and stuff like that really make an impact, I will mention them, but there are going to be some events where I just don't mention them at all. It's not because I forgot they happened. It's just, again, because... The, the, that six points, that eight points is not making a big difference. So as I said, injuries are the focus. Second thing, when trying to analyze what might have happened, we are trying to be reasonable and realistic. Any player that misses a game through injury or anything else, yes, they could have had a hat trick that game. They could have had five shots on goal. They could have had a 40-point game. Yeah, it, it's all could have. But we're trying to be like a reasonable, realistic, like what probably is going to happen if that person would have played. Not only looking at what they might have done, but seeing how that might have affected the team just a little bit. Um, and we are trying to just keep it at a, at a more direct uh, influence. We don't need to say that, well, if this guy didn't get hurt, then the rest of his country would have been better off and everyone who had one of those, like that's the butterfly who flapped its wings, et cetera, et cetera. We're just really looking at mostly like the direct impact of that injury or of that uh, incident. So as we go through this, I think you'll kind of understand what I mean. And as I said, these first three, there's not a lot going on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take each tournament. I'm going to start at last place and move up to first place. I will be mentioning any incidents that happened, uh, what we think might have happened, and then a kind of a brief analysis at the end to kind of just kind of say, would anything have changed? Um, as I say, you will see exactly what that seems like or sounds like in a moment. So with that said, I'm not going to introduce it anymore. As I said, we'll, we'll, you'll see it as we go through it. So after this, we will just start right away. And we're doing the World Cup 2006. We're doing the World Cup 2010. And we're going to do the European Championship 2012. And the spoiler word is that at most, like one position would have changed at all. So we'll be right back with that. We will look first at the 2006 World Cup. Of course, this tournament was different than any other one that we've done, just structurally, score-wise. You know, again, we were in our infancy. We didn't exactly know what we were doing. And there were very few events of calamity, period, let alone ones that had a significant impact on 
the final standings. So in sixth place, we had uh, Manny. He, uh, he comes in sixth place with 173 points. And again, he has no instance of calamity. Jordan comes in fifth with 183 points. Now, he has actually the most incidents in this tournament. He actually has three of them, two injuries and a suspension. The couple injuries that he had were Jared Borghetti, forward for Mexico, left group stage one injured, missed group stage two versus Angola, missed group stage three versus Portugal, returned for the round of 16, which Mexico lost. He also had Lucho Gonzalez, a midfielder from Argentina, leaving group stage two early, uh, missed group stage three versus the Netherlands, and the round of 16 versus Mexico. He did play in the quarterfinal against Germany. Now, I'm going to leave the analysis of these just for the end, just for the specific tournament because of, you know, a couple specific reasons. Mike comes in fourth with 198. He has the only other real incident of calamity. Michael Owen gets hurt in the group stage third, uh, third group stage game. He misses the round of 16 versus Ecuador and the quarterfinal versus Portugal. Jeff comes in third with 220, no incidents. I come in second with 236, no incidents. And Gord finishes first at 281 with no incidents. So again, this is a little bit tricky to analyze. We have more moving parts here. The first issue is that unlike any other tournament, we didn't have a bench in this tournament, really. We had a couple alternates which you could move around. But really, if you had a guy get hurt, he was just still on your roster. There was nothing you could do about it. So when you have a guy missing games, it is actually more substantial than in other tournaments where you might have a guy on the bench that you can at least plug into your lineup. However, with the scoring system, unless the players involved scored or assisted a goal or got a shot on goal, there weren't really any points to get. These weren't defenders getting win or clean sheet points. I mean, it was literally just goals, assists, and shots. So even though these guys missed a lot of games, there's really not that much that could have happened, again, unless a guy gets like a hat trick or four goals or something like that. None of these guys had actually done much in the tournament to the point where they got injured. And again, Mike and Jordan finished fourth and fifth out of six. Now, if one of their players scores a couple goals, maybe they move up a spot. Maybe Mike can catch Jeff or Jordan can catch Mike or Jeff. Yes, so maybe they can finish better. But again, there's not a widespread significant impact. What can we possibly say? Jared Borghetti might have scored a goal. Lucha Gonzalez was a part-time starter, might have gotten an assist, maybe gets a goal. Michael Owen hadn't scored yet, but maybe he gets a goal. So yes, could the guys have picked up maybe 10 to 15 points? Sure. But again, unless one of them goes off for a hat trick or four goals, none of them were making up that kind of ground. And they certainly weren't going to win the tournament, right? For Stroh to have made up the lead to win, Michael Owen would have had to get like 80 points. That just wasn't going to happen. So we can look at the World Cup 2006 and say very few incidents, period. But those incidents of calamity had really no impact on the result of the tournament and probably no impact on the standings. Starting in the 2010 World Cup, everything had changed. We had 17 player rosters instead of 10. We had individual defenders for the first time. We had uh, more different stats put in our scoring system. It was a more complex game. Now, what we also had here was we didn't know what to do yet with injuries, which meant that if a player that you drafted was replaced or injured before the tournament and not uh, brought to the World Cup, the, uh, you had to take a player from the same country and the same position as the player that you lost, uh, kind of a like-for-like -like substitution. 
So this will impact a little of what we're about to talk about. This one, we also obviously had a lot more events uh, because of things like red cards and own goals and missed penalties, et cetera, et cetera. But again, the injuries here are what we're focusing on and also some of the suspensions as well. So in this tournament, Mike finished last with 149 points. Now he had uh, a couple incidents, actually quite a few incidents of uh, calamity. The big ones, though, are two pre-tournament injuries. His 12th round pick, Nani, forward for Portugal, uh, was sent home, and Stroh replaced him with Samal Sabrosa, another forward from Portugal. Now, Samal ended up getting 10 points for the tournament. Portugal rotated a lot of their forwards during the uh, tournament. 10 points by Samal was actually their third among forwards behind Ronaldo. Uh, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. But again, Samal did contribute. Uh, would Nani have made a difference? Yeah, maybe a slight difference, right? Portugal still loses in the round of 16. Um so we're not talking about a team that made, you know played seven games, et cetera, et cetera. So again, the Nani for Samal injury replacement has a minimal impact, most likely. The other injury that uh, Stroh had here was John Obi Mikel, midfielder from Nigeria, who he replaced with a guy by the name of Ayila Youssef, uh, a midfielder from Nigeria, who got negative three points. This was his round 17, his last round pick. Uh, Stroh never played Youssef, so he didn't actually lose the three points there. Uh, he might not have played Mikel either, and Nigeria wasn't very good in the tournament. Uh, this has no impact really on the proceedings whatsoever, unless you really believe that John Obi Mikel was the piece that Nigeria was missing to make a deep run. So those incidents um, did not really affect him. Stroh did have a couple red cards and a missed penalty, but he finished in last by so much that these incidences do not really uh, matter much at all. Jordan finished fifth, 212 points, had one missed penalty, nothing to worry about there. Manny in fourth place with 281. Now, he had one major incident. Uh, there was a late red card in the final, but again, that's a minor inconvenience, no big deal. He did have an injury to Walter Samwell, defender from Argentina, who left group stage two with an injury, missed group stage three, and the quarterfinal. Um... I'm sorry, and the round of 16 against Mexico came back for the quarterfinal. And he was uh, he was playing before he got hurt. And let's say he started those two games for Argentina. We're looking at a 10 to 15 point bump for Manny based on the two wins that Argentina had without him. But again, given where he finished in the standings, 60 to, uh, 70 points above Jordan in fifth and 50 points pretty much out of third, those points, again, are not affecting Manny's standing anywhere in this tournament. Moving ahead, uh, we have Gord in third with 325. And this is the first situation that we're going to come across where the person uh, affected might have actually and probably did actually have his final standing uh, affected. Now, Gord had, a, uh, had four events that affected him. Uh, one was a red card. And again, uh, we are going to talk about that in a minute. But this is the one where the red card actually might matter. First off, he has Rio Ferdinand. Round 14 uh, defender for England, who gets hurt, does not play in the World Cup, and Gord replaces him with Glenn Johnson. 
uh, defender from England who got 14 points. Now, England rotated center backs in Ferdinand's absence, but John Terry, who is the other starting center back, he had 16 points. And as I said, Glenn Johnson had 14 points. So you can really say that Ferdinand probably would have gotten in the same amount of points range, you know, 14, 15, 16 points. So again, you can probably say there's little to no impact from that injury specifically. Now, the bigger issue for Gord might have been Nicholas Anelka and Patrice Evra of France, who were suspended and pretty much sent home by France due to that whole uh, calamitous event when France's team just kind of imploded. Now, even though these are two players who might have started or would have started in Group Stage 3 or whatever, France kind of fell apart. And I don't know that those guys get any points. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It's really tough to say because, again, France imploded. Like they, Even if those guys didn't get sent home, they were still fighting. They were still arguing. They might not have started group stage three after the one point from two games that France had. So we can't totally say that this had a huge impact either. Again, France wasn't doing well. Now, the red card was to Mirosov Klosa in the second game of the group stage. And, of course, he missed the third group stage match and came back for the round of 16. Now, because it was a second yellow and because of the scoring system that we had at the time, Klosa got negative nine points in this game. On top of it, uh, the likely starter that Gord started in group stage three instead was Josie Altador, who got a negative three as well. So that's like negative nine, negative 12 points, somewhere in that ratio. Well, Gord finished third and was only eight points out of second, right? So the nine points for Klosa alone could be the difference between third and second. Combine that with maybe the couple extra points from Anelka and Evra, maybe the couple extra points out of a Rio Ferdinand, and Gord can make a reasonable argument that if those incidents did not happen, he finishes second instead of third. Jeff, with 333, had no negative events the entire tournament, so Jeff can't even point to a counteraction um, whereby he might have gotten some more points as well. Uh, so again, this is the one situation where we can say Gord might have actually finished better, um, but that's about it. I finished first with 379 points. I had uh, some instance of calamity, but again, um, really nothing, you know, missed penalty here, a red card here, a suspension here, but nothing that was dramatic. And of course, because I won by, as it happens, 40 something points, um, it doesn't matter. So again, the overall analysis. Many or Mike have not impacted in any way. Gord has the legit argument in the World Cup 20, uh, 2010. In Euro 2012, there were a very small number of incidences. Now, this is actually kind of interesting because this is the first time we have seven players instead of six with Andy joining the fold. This is the first time we're doing a Euro. Uh, it's a 16-team tournament, not a 32-team tournament, which means we're kind of going further down the depth charts of some teams. But again, there were very few incidences, uh, four injuries, one red card, which actually turned out not to be a deal whatsoever, and actually one suspension, which also turned out not to be a big deal. Now, the bottom three people in the tournament, which are Manny in seventh with 154, Mike in sixth with 185, and Jordan in fifth with 199, none of those three people had any instances. These guys finished near the bottom on pure lack of ability, period. Jeff finishes fourth with 201, and he does have a couple instances worth discuss it. The first one is he has his 10th round draft pick, Frank Lampard, get hurt. Now, in this tournament, we could replace, uh, once you had a guy get hurt, you could replace him with anybody. We didn't have the same rules as 2010. 
So Jeff picked up Claudio Marchisio, midfielder of Italy. Now he gets 12 points in the tournament. And Italy, of course, goes to the final, whereas England does not. Uh, England plays Scott Parker uh, in Lampard's spot, who only gets three points. Steven Gerrard next to Scott Parker and would have been next to Lampard got 19 points. So if Lampard plays, you can maybe say what? He gets 12 to 15 to 20 points. Well, Marchisio got 12 points. So the Lampard injury in the Marchisio turns out not to be a huge deal for Jeff. Again, assuming Lampard doesn't do something insane and scores a bunch of goals, which again is always possible, but not incredibly likely. Now, the second uh, incident that Jeff has is Giorgio Cialini, uh, the Italian defender. He gets hurt in the group stage, thir- or the third group stage game and he misses the quarterfinals. Now, he misses a 2-0 win and a 0-0 draw, which is equivalent to about 12 points, especially that seven points in group stage three because Chiellini was started and and came out early. So again, we're looking at Jeff maybe picking up seven to 10 points in that range. You could say that maybe Jeff picks up 15 to 20 points reasonably. Again, if Lampard goes crazy or something like that, Everything changes. If Chiellini stays in group stage three and scores a goal, like, okay, fine. But we can reasonably say maybe Jeff misses out on about 20, 25 points at the high end, but he finishes 30 points out of third place. So Jeff's standing most likely is not impacted by his negative events. Andy finishes third uh, with 231 points. He has a red card to a goalie, but that's actually bizarrely not really that big a deal, except for the minus points, because he doesn't actually lose the player. The uh, backup goalie comes in. He still keeps the backup goalie. The backup keeper actually ends up saving the penalty that resulted from the red card. So it didn't even statistically affect him at all. No suspension. Andy's still affected. I finished in second with 248. Uh, I have a one incident, which is Avika Olic, forward from Croatia, a round six draft pick, was uh, uh, hurt. And uh, on top of it, uh, Nikola Jelovic is considered to be the new starter. Uh, Strauss kind of steals him from me in waivers. So he gets uh, Jelovic after, uh, you know, for the tournament, who got 10 points. I ended up picking up a Swedish forward by the name of Ola Toivinen, who got no points. So let's say Olich makes the team. Let's say Olich starts. Let's say he gets about the 10 to fit, you know, 10 points that uh, Jelovic got, or maybe even a little bit more, but still not enough to impact things. I'm 30 points out of first place. That, you know, injury is unfortunate, but does not really have any impact. Gord wins uh, with 278 points, and he actually has a couple incidences himself. He actually probably has the biggest one. Um, he has Gary Gayhill as 11th round pick defender from England. Uh, he gets hurt. He is replaced by Joris Math- uh, Matheson, defender from the Netherlands, who gets zero points. The Dutch flame out spectacularly. England plays Julian Westcott next to John Terry in center defense. Westcott actually ends up scoring a goal and ends up with 32 points in the tournament. Terry himself had 22 points. So you would argue that, you know, a healthy Gary Cahill starting gets maybe 20 to 25 points as well. So you could actually say Gord uh, takes a bit of a hit on that, but it does not affect the final standings. He obviously still wins, uh, you know, and, and Gord can actually celebrate this one because not only does he win, he can actually say he was the most or arguably the most screwed in the tournament and still won comfortably, which is actually a, a pretty good uh, thing for him. So again, Euro uh, 2012 is ill affected really by any incidents of calamity. 
Okay, that is our first look at the subjective nature of incidences of calamity. Now, as I said, in those first three tournaments, we really don't have that many. But as we go on, we play more tournaments, we get more involved, we add an extra player to the roster. You're going to see that some of these tournaments, there, there might have been some changes. And the first one is going to be the World Cup 2014, which next time we do this, that is where we're going to start. And there are some, there are some instances here that we are going to need to talk about. This is where it starts getting a little interesting. And when we do that, we will have uh, guests on the show. And it really depends on you know what we look at and, and and what tournaments are kind of affected or who is affected by what and what tournaments. Uh, you know we'll kind of get some some reactions to people seeing uh, about their own luck or lack of luck as the case may be. And that will be coming up soon. And again, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we will have Stro on again in the very near future to continue our analysis of the actual uh, quantitative data about the instances of calamity, talking about all the different little fun nuggets that we have found. But for now, let me know what you think about these subjective instances. Did I miss anything? Did I misinterpret anything? Do you have a different opinion as to one of these players? You know, I kind of gave an opinion as to what could have happened, but you want to make the argument that something else would have happened? Hey, you know, totally go for it. That's the fun of this. As I said, that's why we're trying to do this, to stimulate that conversation, to keep having a good time, since we do not have any current uh, soccer going on as we were supposed to at this time. But I will leave it there for now. I do thank you for listening. And don't forget to come back next time on the Golden Balls podcast.